0: America for 300 years has been the land of promise for the rest of the world. The land of new frontiers, new opportunities. Hey, what the hell did you get Clicking sounds, sounds that reveal the presence of radioactive rays. The instrument. That
1: Good evening, and welcome to Tank Riot, brought to you from beautiful Madison, Wisconsin. I, Sputnik, am here, as always, with Victor. Privyat, everyone. And, of course, Tor, who has, Tor. Yes? Has (laughs) a story tonight about Burt Monroe and the movie The World's Fastest Indian, Tor. That's right. Well, the Tank Riot team all got in their
2: chariots and went over to the theater and... Saw this great new movie, *The World's Fastest Indian*, starring Anthony Hopkins as Bert Monroe. Now, let's just give you a little background on Bert Monroe. To, to why, who why is we, Bert Monroe? Yeah, why would we want to see a movie about Bert Monroe? <laughs> Except, you know, that is a pretty
1: cool name, Bert Monroe. It is, especially the way it's spelled, M- exactly. M-U-N-R-O. Yes, it's like foreign. <clears throat> Like yeah, New Zealander yeah. or something like that. Oh, yeah. and, and that's
2: because he's from New Zealand. Mm. He's a Kiwi,
1: not a Pommy bastard.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and so he was born in 1899 in uh, uh, New Zealand. And uh, boy, I don't know. Can any of you guys say the town he lived in? Well, Invercargill.
3: Invercargill. Inver Invercargill right. is the one that I don't know if that where he was born, but that's where he was living yes. when he. Yeah. No, that
1: yeah. that is yeah. where he was born. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. And lived his whole life in like, the shed. Except, <laughs> in the <in a> shed. <laughs> in the <a> shed. Yeah. <laughs> Which was a totally cool shed, and I would live there too.
2: Yes. Well, in the ni- early nineteen teens or so, he started. Uh, he had an interest in motorcycles. And he bought uh, a motorcycle. I forgot what kind that was, but uh, eventually he saw an Indian in 1920, I believe, and he just had to have it. So he bought this Indian. Indian being a brand of motorcycles for those of you who are not into motorcycles. That's right. The Indian actually
1: is pronounced motorcycle. The motorcycle. Yeah. Ah.
3: I can fill you in on that okay. in a bit, but sure. All right, I'm, I'm, Indian Indian, I'm not. I'm not really a motorcycle expert
2: myself, but I know a few facts. And so, I bought this motorcycle, and it went, I think, about fifty-four miles per hour, which is pretty good, you know. But Bert wanted to go faster. Absolutely. So starts a long lifetime uh, passion. To make his Indian motorcycle go faster, and he never bought, uh, you know, he didn't upgrade, buy new motorcycles after that. He kept working on that 1920 Indian. Yeah,
1: just making it faster. Absolutely, I mean that in itself is is nothing short of amazing. Right? Was, yeah.
3: was what was his original career like? What did Burt do? Do we know? Yeah, because really? in the movie they mention he got a, a pension. Well, he was retired at that point, I'm yeah. sure. Well, um, in,
1: a... in the um, on the on the uh, motorbikes dot com website, they have part one and part two. You know, many uh, of Bert Monroe's story. Well, his letters, his letters, and so forth. And he makes mention of being a motorcycle traveler. Okay. Now, I'm not sure what that means exactly. If that means like he was a messenger, a you know, delivery person. Uh, biker bum, <laughs> scooter <laughs> yeah. trash, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, but it sounded like it was a paying job, so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm sure he got some kind
3: of pension and, and just got to do whatever he wanted once he reached a certain yeah, age. Yeah,
1: exactly. Because, I mean, Cause
3: he, this was the 1960s where he really struck,
2: yes, you know, right. hit his stride. The movie takes place in 1962, so the guy's like 63 now. Right. You think, okay, you know, you're retired now, you're, you're maybe... Driving a scooter around, off not die. a
1: motorcycle, right. and with know? a severe case of angina. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. He was never no no. He never knew when the ticker might stop. Exactly. Yeah. Painfully stop. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't drive a scooter around. He drove his motorcycle, and uh, so by 1962, he had built a, a full fairing, streamlined shell for it. He had completely rebuilt the engine. In fact, he didn't just take it apart and maybe, uh, you know, grind out the cylinders or something. He would cast new parts all by himself. Uh, He would just melt down steel, he would get, and uh, make make casks and... uh, um, you know do all the forging himself which is right because i mean indian yeah. went out of business
1: in 53 that's right so but he, long before then he was fabricating almost every part on the bike right and he would yeah. fabricate
3: his own parts and then bore them out <laughs> you know he exactly would, yeah. he would make yeah. his own yeah even he, he was a real parts. junkyard genius right he really it was amazing
2: yeah mm-hmm. uh, so that that brings us to the movie uh, the problem is he lived in new zealand and his bike was now too fast for new zealand there was, there's not a place in New Zealand where he could go full out before he got to the other side of the course and had to, you know, stop.
1: Right. He he had, before then, had been like a beach racer and a quarter miler and so forth. Yeah. But nobody had the kind of equipment that could truly, you know, record how fast his bike could go. And he, and he was obsessed with finding out just how fast this beast could go. Right. And at
3: the time, and probably still the only place to do that is the Bonneville Salt Flats. Absolutely. In Utah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: So,
2: which is a fair distance from New Zealand. So, a big That's part neat. of the movie is about Burt Monroe trying to get from New Zealand to the Bonneville salt flats so he mm-hmm. can see how fast his bike will go. Right. That's right. And he's kind of hoping to get break a record, too.
3: Yeah. And I have to say, you know, this was a biopic starring Anthony Hopkins filling in the role of Burt Monroe. And I mean, this is a, a fictionalized account of the Burt Monroe story. But it was only made because the director himself is a New Zealander, or an emigre to New Zealand, who who's done a lot of pictures and, and lives in New Zealand, and it's yes, probably so. how I heard about the story. But um, his name is a uh, Roger Donaldson.
2: Yeah, right, Roger Donaldson.
3: Yeah,
1: and. Uh, but it's great that he got a big name like Anthony Hopkins to play the role and, and oh, he yeah. really brings something to the role. It's excellent. Yeah, definitely. Oh this is a, a, It's a a story awesome perform- is the, the story itself is the story, I mean I'd hate to get
3: Bert Monroe just totally meshed in with the story because they are two separate incredible stories. I mean, the film itself is a great film, but the Burt Monroe story is just by itself by itself is, amazing. Yeah. To talk yeah. about
1: it's very inspirational because you know no you don't necessarily have to be an engineer or this you know wonder mechanic or something you uh-huh. I mean th- this man's life is nothing but dogged determination to find out exactly how not every bike but this bike this 1920 indian scout works and how he can make it the fastest it can go right right i, I think it was just great i mean every guy in the world can i think can can get behind that
2: I believe. Oh yeah, just to be able to build something yourself and make it work—that's oh, yeah. you know one of the most satisfying things you can do.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Which uh, should we let out a, a deep dark secret about Tank Riot? Go, go. Uh, well, before we started podcasting, we used to like
1: build bicycles. That's right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we did. We'd find them no no. matter how bad they were, and we'd make them into things of beauty. Give me a 1948 BF Goodrich,
3: and I can make it new. Absolutely. We did.
1: Tore them down, put them back. But
3: then we found we had too many bikes around, and there were no speed records to break. (laughs) Don't get me started. (laughs) With a 1952 Schwinn. That's right. But but we have some great... uh, The
2: garage became full, so we uh, went on to podcasting, but... There we digress. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so uh, anyway, this guy, Roger Donaldson, he was uh, uh, born in 1945 in Australia. And uh, he emigrated to New Zealand in 1965. And at some point when he was in New Zealand, he actually met uh, Burt Monroe. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. he found that, uh, you know, this guy's really interesting oh yeah i mean as
1: he was portrayed in the movie and mm -hmm. just the letters that we've read of his online he sounds like a very engaging person oh yeah yeah and
2: uh so so, uh donaldson he created a in 1971 he created a documentary about burt monroe Mm -hmm. called offerings to the god of speed (laughs) and everybody's hoping that this is a bonus feature to the DVD. Oh, that'd
3: be interesting. So
2: uh, I haven't been able to find just the offering to the god of speed by itself
1: i was looking for that as well yeah and And we also
3: don't know a release date for uh world's fastest indian i mean at this point it's had a trickle out release to theaters so we're not sure we've we've been checking and we couldn't find a release date um as of the airing of this podcast for uh when that's going to be out but i'm assuming it's going to be pretty soon
1: i would think by summer certainly yeah
2: Yeah. it's kind of amazing that they're kind of showing it just in the art house theaters and that kind right. of thing and it's but, not
1: the kind of subject that you would usually see in an art house independent film yeah race, in fact I,
2: I think it could have played very well in the mainstream but you know, I certainly do too that's for some marketing executives idea well, I gotta say watching Weasel. this
3: movie got me to get my battery out and prime my tires and and, and get everything going so very I, good I had my motorcycle out very soon after watching this because <laughs> I just had to you know, So <laughs> summertime's a good time to release this movie oh yeah yeah, yeah. It's, uh,
2: you know, uh, hopefully no one will get hurt trying to uh, uh, copy
3: Burton Rosa <laughs> antics, but I'm sure someone will. So. Well, Bert took a lot of spills. I mean, yeah. he he had he talked about some of his, like, putting him out of commission for, like, 11 months. Yeah. And wow. it's very vague what it was that happened. But, you know, I took a spill and I was off the bike for 11 months. And that's about all you get out of him. He's very closed mouthed about it. Oh, yeah. If, that's if, old school, you know. Not, it's not like he didn't want to tell you. It's just like it's not important. Right. What's important is I wasn't riding the bike. <laughs>
1: well, if, if you don't mind, I have a brief excerpt from one of his letters where he's describing some of his stuff. He said, sure. In oh. 1927, jumped off on a dirt track. Um, Western Southland went on my traveling job. Oh, I'm sorry, I jumped off on a dirt track Aspendale Speedway at over 90 miles an hour Concussion and bruising from feet To back of neck 1932, <laughs> oh wow <Okay>. 1932, <laughs> stopped to get a rider going um, In western Scotland When on my Southland went on my traveling job I told the guy I would follow him in case it stopped again We came to a farmhouse at a crossroad A dog ran ran at him I caught it on the rebound and came around later Concussed and bloody from A deep scalp wound you know, and and just kind of goes on like this, but then he goes on to, he talks about a race, he says, um, uh, struck a washout before it could pull up, came around, concussed, <laughs> 1937 in, in um, 20 mile beach race doing 110 when Hugh Curry, BSA special, the last rider I had to catch turned in front of me. I hit the six-foot brake and tried to steer behind him as he banked over to turn. My bike climbed up and over his and sailed 120 feet clear of the beach before landing. He was knocked out and had a broken collarbone. My bash hat, I guess New Zealand for A helmet, helmet <laughs> was split from crown to rim in two places. Weeks later, he told me what knocked me out and split the hat. The underside of his engine landed square in my head. <laughs> Ouch. Jeez. I mean, and this is, you know, day in the life, Bert Monroe. Yeah.
2: Eddie. Yeah. He, he went on to race more uh, again and after, you know, just kept going. Absolutely.
3: All right. So what happened to Bert Monroe in the 60s? Let's get to the... hmm
2: Yeah. Well he gets to the united states by uh working on a ship mm-hmm. and it, essentially it you know we don't want to tell you the movie play by play right. here but he goes through a lot to get himself and the bike all the way out to bonneville. bonneville and one one thing that i found was really amazing about the movie is is the way he had a, a way with people he was absolutely he, he everybody kind of liked him. You know, yeah. when they first met him, they thought he was maybe a little senile kook. Codger. Yeah. yeah a codger. <laughs> Definitely a codger. Yeah. Which maybe he was, but after he, he, he kind of had a way to, uh, talk to them and, and ask the right questions that he, they all have ended up kind of liking him and being his friend. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that was just, just real positive to see that.
1: Right. And, uh, so I mean, to me, I think one of the the most moving scenes of the movie was when he finally reaches the Bonneville Salt Flats, yeah, and he's talking about you know how you know John Cobb and all of uh, and Malcolm Campbell and all these you know British. Uh, speed racers had been there and then he considered it like sacred ground and everything and it was it was just a really a great moment and his enthusiasm I it was just so infectious and I think mm-hmm. his personality was so engaging that people got swept up in his dream just as much as as he was in some ways
2: yeah yeah definitely it was actually a very positive movie oh yeah, uh, yeah. you know there wasn't any dark, evil, satanic character like Dick Cheney in no. there. <laughs> well, let's not go into Dick Cheney. Okay. Well, <laughs> it, 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 you know, it's a good illustration of how, how things can be if people help one another and help yes. each other uh, um, uh, make their dreams come true. Mm. And I'm sounding a little maybe like sesame street here but you know flaky, flaky.
1: <laughs> it's a very inspirational very positive movie and it really is i think very yeah. beautifully filmed as well i mean you really get a sense of the salt flats uh, and so
2: because of all that your your wife your girlfriend might actually like it no uh-huh for you guys out there there's a lot of really cool motorcycles and cars <laughs> oh god yeah. yeah
1: just just the beach race scene where he he's uh he, the, he's been challenged by this New Zealand right. biker club and and you just go down this row of gorgeous old triumphs and BSAs. yeah you know the entire yeah.
3: biker club it was yeah mainly triumphs that they were driving in the mm-hmm. in the biker club and then he had the indian you know right uh-huh. yeah was, i, I like that Oh yeah, just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So uh, yeah, the movie takes place in 1962,
3: and uh well, roughly. Well, I it's, mean, well, this yeah. is something that I I found kind of confounding is that well, he he broke several records over a period of several years, right? Up through what 1967 right. or something, right? I mean, correct.
1: But <laughs> uh, but his big run that is actually portrayed in the movie. They, they kind of meld a lot of different things together. So right. they right. make his first appearance uh-huh. in Bonneville was in 62, but his big speed record breaking was actually in 67.
3: Right. And so. when he was talking about like breaking the wobble on the bike, um, in lifting his head to to break the wobble was actually in 67 but right. in the movie you know they they kind of took it all and threw it into this one you know story right which mm-hmm. is fine i mean it's a
1: yeah it's it's, it's a biopic of a yeah. crazy
3: new yeah. zealander coming to break the speed record of the bonneville flats i mean you're not going to show him going back and forth seven times or whatever right they just kind of quite threw frankly it all i would
2: love to watch you know Twelve runs over and over again because it's oh, so cool. It's Absolutely. amazing, but, but yeah, I think most moviegoers having the one
1: big run right, at, at right. the end is, is right. the most satisfying. Yeah, in, in the movie too, he's befriended by Jim Moffat, who you know was yeah. a big big name in Bonneville racing. You know, by sixty two you you started getting some of the other names like Craig Breedlove and uh, Art Arfins, mm-hmm. uh, Spirit of America and Green Monster respectively. Um and and those guys like owned land speed records through the sixties until of course in the seventies then you had um uh, Gary Gablich and the Blue Flame. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Which I had a model of. I wish I still had it. I worshipped it. We had a picture of the Blue
2: Flame in our uh, 1975 version of the World Book Encyclopedia. Sweet. I looked at that picture all the time. I did, too. I did, too. I was, loved that car. Yeah. It was so cool, too. It was. And, and that's what really grabbed my interest about Speed Records when I was a kid, was the Blue Flame. and. Did you know that the Blue Flame was built in Milwaukee, Wisconsin? Yes, I did. That made it even cooler. Oh, yeah. On Wisconsin. <laughs> By Southern. reaction
1: dynamics. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Woo. Uh,
2: so anyway, the record that Burt Monroe got that still stands today uh-huh. is his 1967 record. Uh of one hundred eighty-three point five eight six miles per hour. Yeah, and
3: this is
1: with an engine under hundred uh thousand under a thousand cc. Yeah. that's right. By sixty-seven, he had boarded out to nine hundred and fifty cc. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. how in the hell you do that? Idea. I don't know. But those babies must have been paper thin. Or he started with them, <laughs> probably adding metal on the outside. Or yeah, something. I'm thinking.
2: <laughs> but I think, you know, he may have even built his own barrels.
1: Two, I'm guessing. He did. Well, I mean, he, he, he built, yeah. like, connecting rods and everything. Connecting rods, or as he calls them, con rods, yeah. seemed to be a real problem for Burke. Well, especially in the huh. beginning. Isn't
3: that where he was, uh, someone suggested he go to Indian uh, manufacturer to try right. to get special rods made. And he said, ah, forget it. I'll find a Ford and build my own. Right. And basically that's what he did.
1: He was a classic mm-hmm. cobbler. Yeah. Whatever's laying around, he could make it work. And they yeah. did a
3: good job in the movie of kind of showing oh, to the layman how oh, that yeah. works, and that's right. How crazy? I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely crazy, but. Yeah. Um. you know, when he started, he started early enough to to mm-hmm. get a feel for it and, and knowledge, you know, going. Yeah, he
2: was hitting motorcycles pretty much at the ground floor. Yeah, which yeah. is
3: oh, amazing. 19- yeah. I mean, try to do that now. teens yeah. You, you won't even keep up with the basic modeling they're doing no. now. No, oh, no. Yeah. They,
1: they, there's a great scene in there where he's going through a tech inspection at <laughs> yeah. Bonneville, and they're just like, he's the like What? The? It's got a leaf spring on the front. <laughs> they haven't had these since, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was, it was great. <laughs> just great stuff. Oh, if, if I could do a sidebar about Art Arfans, um, who did yeah, the, yeah, the Green Monster. Yeah, purely just because of his name. Really? And yeah. he had to think, of, you know, uh, uh, the most famous Green Monster was powered by an F-104 Starfighter General Electric uh, J79 17,500 horsepower jet engine with a four-stage afterburner, which Arfans purchased from a scrap dealer for $600. <laughs> and rebuilt himself over the objections of both General Electric and the government, and despite all manuals for the engine being classified top secret. Yet he was able to purchase it for $600. I'm, re- I'm reminded of the Batman movie, you know, where he said, Let me understand this, Admiral. You you sold an Atomic submarine to a Mr. P. N. Gwynn. <laughs> I mean this just makes wind. no sense but the bottom
2: line is you know they make all the rules and everything but if you can sell something and make some money
1: you're gonna do it well I'm just trying so. to picture this guy out in a shed with this huge starfighter with a four stage afterburner and you go you know I think I can take this apart <laughs> anyways I'm sorry Tor. go ahead hey I've got a question on the uh,
2: the record that uh, the, that Burt Monroe st- still holds hmm uh now, when I looked at the uh, the motorcycle records, it's like, you know, it, it's it's speed for less than a, and with engines smaller than a thousand cc. Mm-hmm. But there's like a whole ton of records in that category, right. and, and then there's different classes. Right. And I couldn't find the key for the classes. This is um, the record he has is an dash or S dash uh-huh. class, and I um, I assume maybe S stands for streamlined. Because he had this shell on it, but I I just don't know exactly what the letters stand for. I'm not totally
1: certain on that. I
3: mean, they they would all have streamlined. I remember Bert Monroe like talking in his letters about uh, the the streamlining and the speeds he would attain with, and it was always like, well, I I hit this without streamlining, and and it was Mm -hmm. always assumed that he would be streamlining for any kind of speed test. So I would assume that anyone else would be also streamlining.
1: That's right. But Yeah. yeah, I
3: don't know exactly either.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, speaking of streamlining, he actually, uh, built, uh, three shells, uh, his streamlined shell for his bike. And I, I believe the first one was metal, but it was a little small and a little heavy. So he made a fiberglass one off, you know, when you build fiberglass things like canoes or these sure. fairings, you you lay the fiberglass down on a mold and he used the, the first metal one as the mold and then created a you know, the second fiberglass one, and I think he made a third fiberglass one, and he ended up uh, uh, leaving, I think, the the motorcycle uh, frame and the, the the streamlined shell in the mm-hmm. United States, and, uh, and then he would just bring the engine back to New Zealand, and he'd work on the engine. I think he had a, another motorcycle uh, frame he could put it in or something, and... Uh, And so, you you know, he could work on the engine over the course of the year and then come back, bring his engine back to Bonneville and put it back together and go for another speed run. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That is
1: cool. (laughs) Victor, did you have um, some things about the Indian Motorcycle Company itself? And You know,
3: not too much. I just really, you know, he used an Indian from the 1920s for the races in the 1960s. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I always loved Indian motorcycles. They were my absolute favorite. If I could have one bike... Yeah. it would be probably a 1930s Indian of some sort. I don't sure. care if it's a Chief or a Scout or whatever. I mean, these right. are the most beautiful bikes. And even, well, yeah, I mean, looking back at in Indian, they were uh, founded uh, two years before Harley-Davidson. That's right. So they're the original American motorcycle, motorcycle company. And they were uh, founded in Springfield, Massachusetts. And, um, you know, really, I just love the design of these bikes. and They looked like, Basically, in the in the original models, like Schwinn's with gas mm-hmm. tanks, you know, and oh, yeah. little tiny engines on them, and that was so cool to me. I just, I love that idea, and then as they got into the 1920s and 30s, they started looking, you know, both the Harleys and the Indians uh, very similar, and uh, the Indians themselves well, had these hard... Uh, fenders on them they mm-hmm. had these large fenders that i just liked you know mm-hmm. more than the harleys which had the open
1: oh yeah the, the indians always had that wonderful flair exactly and so they had the flair <laughs> indians were always considered to be faster than harleys yeah, and were beautiful always used, bikes yes beautiful always used bikes. by preferred by racers uh preferred by barrel racers and carnivals yeah. for uh many many years in fact um they were the preferred motorcycle of uh uh, mounted police officers because they feature a left-handed throttle, which meant that most mm. people shot with the right hand so you could <laughs> accelerate and shoot at the same time. <laughs> I was privileged enough to actually ride a 1948 wow. Indian Chief. Nice. And let me tell you, that was an amazing... Cool. Was bike. it a left-handed throttle? or It was, in fact, a left-handed wow. throttle, right-handed tank shift. Tank shift? Tank uh-huh. shift. Was it a foot clutch then? Yes. Wow. Heel to... Uh, Toe to heel, <laughs> so everything was reversed on. Yeah, that's fun. Oh, it was a gorgeous bike, but it was so beautifully balanced that, as big as this bike was, it was you could actually pull it up on a center stand. Nice. Yeah, it was. It was gorgeous. I I was so scared because uh, a friend of mine had, had lovingly restored this bike, and of course, you know, he said, "Come on, you gotta ride it, you gotta ride it." And I'm like, "Oh, geez, okay, fine." <laughs> Beautiful machine, and, and and the the sound of it. Very distinctive and uh, just just a fun bike to ride. Unfortunately, they not many people know this, but motorcycles, because of the problems with automobiles and so forth, and before Henry Ford, the motorcycle was much more preferred for economy and getting around than the car was. And there were literally hundreds of of um, motorcycle companies in this country alone, but by oh, I'd say even the 30s or the 40s, it pretty much had winnowed down to Indian and Harley, Mm -hmm. and they had quite a few uh, wars all through as far as... um You know, some were Indian, Indian and Harley supplied uh, the U.S. military both through World War II. But Indian Mm -hmm. finally went under in 1953. It was revived um, in the 90s, and I I'm not sure if they're still active or not.
3: No, they went out of business, and then there there are quarterly reports here and there that they're coming back. And these frames are basically built off of old models. They they basically bought the brand name in the remake, and they're they're based on the model of the Harley, but but. They're still trying to do the design of an Indian. Right. Um, and there's talk, yeah. and there is a webpage that is a 2006 Indian webpage that, you know, swears that their bikes coming. But I, I think that's all speculation at this point. And I thought about getting an Indian at some point, but now that now that they're a little more up in the air, I don't know that that's going to be too. ever a possibility. In uh.
1: fact, Ice Butnik will share this story with you. I was, Eddie, um, um, well, I'm, I'm not going to lie to our our listeners, I was at a computer c- class. <laughs> at Inatech? At Inatech. Uh, Inicom. Or Inicom. Innovation plus communication <laughs> equals <What> is, Inacom. <laughs> I was going to say, what is that
3: uh, office space? Inatech? Oh, yeah. So anyways, I, is I it went good over... for the company? Is...
1: <laughs> That's what you have to ask yourself. Ask yourself that. So I went over to our one of our local dealers and they had just an astounding array of bikes. In fact, there was a row of them that I thought, well, these are kind of unusual. They were scooters. Uh-huh. But, like, you know, really, like, highway speed scooters. Very, very nice. <laughs> Anyways, I'm looking around at the motorcycles. They have a used section. Sure as hell, they had, an in, well, you know, one of the new Indian, the chiefs, new Indian for about, chiefs for about five grand. And I was like, ooh, ooh, five grand. I could do that. I could do that. But ooh. I said no.
3: Well, I, I guess with the uh. Indian uh, Chiefs, like, the 1940s, sums there's only, like, 50 or so in existence. I mean, they're very hard to find, like the originals. I mean, people restore oh, yeah. them, and there's whole clubs looking for these. I mean, mm-hmm. Indian motorcycles are, I don't know, my all-time favorite American motorcycle. Th- they're a work uh, of art. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And, and Harley-Davidson's, to me, you know, I'll take a lot of grief for this, but Harley-Davidson's, I think, have some issues, and as a company oh. are, are a bit too much flair and oil-burning then (laughs) oh god yeah i don't need puddles in my driveway the old uh, saying
1: in the 70s was you can ride a honda or you can walk your harley yeah you can walk a harley
3: (laughs) but you know i don't know they're not they're not horrible bikes i just i i I think there's something missing out of harley but everyone thinks that they're the only thing and i've told i I drive a yamaha and i've driven suzuki's and i've driven all kinds of motorcycles same here when i tell people i ride a yamaha now they're like oh i thought you said you rode a motorcycle and yeah. yeah, that just annoys me because yeah, that's so like well, the, the t- Sig Hale. I'm thank
1: you, you know, American uh, right.
3: motorcyclist. I mean, but, I'm sorry. Uh, I remember the, yeah. the
1: Harleys during the '70s when when AMF bought them out, right? And they were the most godforsaken <laughs> piece of crap you and ever the, wanted to at look at. At the time,
3: at. I mean, you couldn't even yeah, you couldn't get them. Going. I have
1: built mm. two Harleys and I have owned, I've bought one, and I'll tell you. I will buy one of the big four Japanese bikes every time. They're reliable as it's, all heck. And, and they make sense. <laughs> it's it's modern uh, yeah. machinery. I mean, even the blockheads, you still got to let them warm up or that oil just starts coming out of the yeah. head, you know, and <laughs> it's just, yeah. yeah. Anyways.
3: But I, I lust over Indians. When I look oh, at the 1920s, yeah. 1930s Chiefs mm. and, uh, and uh, Scouts, those, Gorgeous. I mean, the Scouts are just beautiful bikes. And yes, they're, they're just are. so beautiful. And I, it's just, that's like motorcycle porn. You know, I have have only been on two motorcycles,
2: and both times it was just as a passenger. I have a friend that, you know, bought a couple motorcycles.
3: We're going to talk speed now. Yeah, so
2: (laughs) I've never driven a motorcycle myself. I'm a big bicyclist. I got like a garage full of bicycles, and I like biking. How many miles per gallon do you get? Uh, on the bicycle hey, I, saw, I saw a new bicycling
1: <laughs> sticker and I have to get it be the engine it says be the engine I, I want yes. that <laughs> I run on cheeseburgers
3: I saw so. a bumper sticker that said my political beliefs are too complicated to fit on a bumper stick <laughs> St- <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was good another great one I saw was uh, um, oh, "Oh, promote lactose tolerance <laughs>
2: yeah okay so anyway so my first my first bike my friend got uh was just some honda from the 70s it had a big orange tank and a lot of rust and and you know he he drove me around on it and uh that was okay but then uh for some reason he joined the army i don't know why but he ended up in uh Würzburg, germany and he decided to buy a honda cbr 600 And I I, I went over there to visit him. And this is uh, the, the technical description of the this type of bike. I believe is a crotch rocket, an Easter and, egg bike. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah crotch rocket. Uh, so uh, yeah. uh, gonad grinder.
2: Yeah, it all started out. He got Casket. this. He got this red, white, and blue uh, leather uh, motorcycle outfit, jacket and pants. Oh, and then he got the, the Captain the, America, and then he got the helmet to match. I'm not the, pro like, crotch rocket, which fit him really, really well. <laughs> and, and, and so he had to buy a bike to, to match it. And the, uh, the, the Honda CBR from uh, circa 1990 or so, uh, I think it was had a red, white, and blue tank on it. So, okay, oh. you know, this is a uh, American uh, mili- military police guy here on his bike. And uh, so he's like, okay, I got to give you a ride. I'm like, okay. Uh, so he gives me his old leather jacket and his old helmet. And, uh, or bash hat, bash hat. That's right. (laughs) And, uh, uh, I throw the, have the camera around my back and anyway, he says, just hop on the back. Let's go. So we're going and, you know, tons of acceleration. He hops on the Autobahn and opens it all the way up. And, uh, the wind pressure was pushing that helmet against my face. It was like hitting my nose and we're going so fast. And, uh, so we went out down the Autobahn a bit and then we drove back through the, through the cities still pretty fast. I mean, we're, you know, we're shooting under these little castles and everything,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
2: it's Germany. Uh, so I get back it's like, so how fast did we go? He said, oh, when we are on the autobahn, we got up to about 130 miles per
1: hour. Nice. (laughs) That's that's fast. That is fast. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. I mean, just (laughs) going that solo would be enough, but with a rider, that's, yeah. Well, the rider might actually help.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, on the back roads where I was driving, I, I got my bike up to 120. Yeah. And when you're the only one on the bike that is uncomfortably fast on some of those roads because you tend to float just a little bit. That's true. You know, if you have extra weight, you you hold yourself down a little more. and um, You get that sickening pit of the stomach. Yeah, it's like, am I like flying? In every little bump, you like lift a little bit. And uh, 120 was as fast as I wanted to drive, you know. Yeah, and you've gotten bikes up, haven't you? Oh God, yes. Yeah.
1: And and it's it's it is it is one of the most exciting yet utterly scary things yeah, you can yeah. do.
3: Because seriously, there's nothing. You know, you you turn a little bit, you're you're just gonna lose yeah. your, your. And we're edge not endorsing and... this kind of behavior, no, kids. Yeah. To stay be honest, honest in school.
1: To be <laughs> honest,
2: that motorcycle ride is the main reason I don't. I have never bought a motorcycle. Oh, oh no. Not, not because <laughs> I'm scared, <laughs> but because I love speed. It felt I, that good. I, I, I like to uh, no, I, ski, and I go fast. I'm always yeah. as fast as I, I know,
1: can go. Not you not the first be guy fine. that I've ever heard say that. It's just like, yeah. if I had one, I'd be dead.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and I think you'd be fine on a motorcycle tour, and you get great MPG. You do.
2: Yeah, well, it's maybe so. <laughs> but actually when I was in college, uh, you know, the, I'm in the dorms and one day the, you know, we had to gather gather around and the the head dude says, uh, well, so and so uh died over the weekend and uh crashed his motorcycle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know,
3: it's kind of like who no. knew which guy was he but anyway it, yeah the it I mean, music scene stuff. lost uh yeah. w- one of the guys from american death to uh to a motorcycle crash in, in true. milwaukee it was you know unfortunate because they were they mm-hmm. were doing real well and they sounded real great and we got to see them actually you and i were at american death show yeah. uh shortly before he died oh. um to a motorcycle accident but you know that that happens and it, it does. happens with cars and it happens with uh all kinds of different things
1: yeah i, I remember chatting up uh um a scrapyard uh, dealer. Uh, he, uh, he he had a, a, a scrapyard at the bottom of Mulholland Drive in Southern California, and and he he took me over to this one part, and there were stacks of of crotch rocket bikes. Yeah. Just in the back, and he said, "You know what? I defy you to go through any of those motorcycles and find one that's got over 500 miles on the odometer." <laughs> I'm like, well, no, that's oh, cautionary oh. tale, here, kids. Experience is important. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I've been riding motorcycles
3: yeah. since I was, you know, a little kid, Me literally, too. and I, I feel that that's an important part of my experience. Oh, yeah. In riding, I mean, I, I don't think that's right. Don't I think be a Got to be careful. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, back to the back to the movie, World's Fastest Indian. I really think this was a good movie. Yes. I thought this was a good personal story. It had some good background. Um, I. I I don't think it was a a great, great, great film, but I I do think people should see it. And I am giving it a positive review, and I'll, I mean...
1: It's a great story.
3: uh, Yeah, it is a great story, and Mm -hmm. it's so well acted. Anthony Hopkins did a great job, and um, everyone everyone in it did a great job, and the direction was a little plodding here and there, and I was kind of disappointed that they had to take everything and lump it into one story rather than break it into... Some parts and and give you some glimpses yeah. of the staging of it, but in the whole, the Native Americans with the dog ball uh, serum for yeah dog bones prostate problems ground you dog, know. dog bones what no y- dog ground dog balls it is was what balls? I thought, oh, I thought oh, yeah. it was bones yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, so you missed out on that luxury yeah. oh. um, but <laughs> yeah. but in general I was giving this movie a seven point two on my little Victor scale just Sounds because good. I didn't right. think it was like a be all and end all but for anyone
1: you know it's a great story yeah oh, it's yeah. a great story to watch when it comes out on DVD definitely look for it a great it. summer film if any yeah. of you out there have opposing yeah. views or similar views uh, and would like to sound off feedback at tankright.com is where you can reach us. If you disagree with us on Harley's, we'd be glad to return the verbal abuse.
3: <laughs> there will be verbal abuse, yeah. I'm sure,
1: from Harley right I'll sit up all night thinking about it, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding.
3: But I do want to point out for, for another thing that's totally unrelated. Um, you know, YouTube is this thing out there, it's a website that you can watch flash videos and flash movies of things and Mm it's y-o-u-t-u-b-e dot com i think or dot org i'm not sure we'll have it up on the on the website but uh youtube has uh, a lot of great video footage of all kinds of crazy things and one motorcycle related thing i stumbled on uh not a couple weeks ago was heat vision and jack starring jack black as uh escaped nasa astronaut jack austin on the run from NASA assassin Ron Silver, Ron Silver. <laughs> the actor uh, who's also an assassin for NASA, it's a long story. Um, on his motorcycle, who talks uh, called Heat Vision, which is voiced by Owen Wilson. And uh, nice if you can follow that plot, you've seen Knight Rider, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> y- you should check it out. There's a pilot that was filmed in 1999, um, uh, and uh, Ben Stiller is involved, and it's a great ironic throwback to the 80s films, and it's a half-hour pilot that YouTube finally got their hands on that uh, you can see probably for a limited time. I'm not sure that's going to stay in uh, syndication there, but uh, it never got
1: picked up by Fox,
3: but uh, it is a great uh, motorcycle.
1: Okay, sounds good. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Uh, Tor, any final thoughts? Well, just to sum things up for those of you who are getting your tools out and starting to build fast stuff here, the current record for fastest car is by Thrust SSC at 763 miles per hour, which broke the sound barrier. Oh! That car used two Rolls Royce Spray engines, as wow. uh, as can be found on the British F4 Phantom II's, mm-hmm. uh, which is a jet fighter, by the way. <laughs> uh, one of, one of the uh, my my favorite planes in my youth. I when I was on the swing set, I was always a Phantom jet. In my pretend mind. Anyway. <laughs>
0: the, I'm a
2: phantom jet going forward. Yeah. I'm a phantom jet going backward. That's
3: right. I'm no phantom jet going forward. Afterburners. And now I'm, I'm turning around going backwards.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that was like hundreds of recesses for me. Okay. And the fastest motorcycle is 333.117 miles per hour. And the fastest steam-driven vehicle is 145 Point six oh seven miles per. Oh, hour. That's nuts. <laughs> so I think uh, you know. Let, let's get our boilers going and beat it's that steam be record. I think. Yeah. yeah, fat tires.
1: Yeah, D- can't you can't you uh, start to get the flux capacitor to go back in time after <laughs> that? Well, you know, uh, <laughs> if, if anyone out there knows more about that motorcycle record, let us know in feedback at tankeride.com because that I got to know more about. So, yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, the world's fastest Indian in Burt Monroe. Check them all out. Check it out. And good night. And good luck. And good luck.